0: Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm your host, Kimisha Lucier, and I'm here with my beloved, and we are so glad that you are here today. We are blessed in the name of Jesus that you are here spending this time in the Word of God with us and that we get, a, get to be a part of your walk with Jesus Christ and your growth and fellowship, becoming a warrior of God. Before we get into this episode, just take a moment and pray, and then we'll get started. Father, we just thank you in the almighty name of Jesus. We love you. We exalt your name, Jesus Christ. And we come boldly to the throne of grace today to receive help, Lord Jesus, on our journey as we walk in faith and fellowship on the path that you've laid before our feet. Lord, let your word be a light unto our path. And Lord Jesus, make the path straight as we walk before you in union and harmony with you and your word, Lord, and with each other. Lord, I thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, and that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And we just thank you, Lord, that every tongue that rises up against us in condemnation, we shall condemn or show in the wrong by our righteous actions and behaviors and the standard of righteousness that you've planted in us and that we allow to come forth through our lives. Lord, we give you glory and honor and praise, and we decree and declare in your almighty name, Lord Jesus Christ, that your kingdom is coming, and will come here on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. We'll have no other way but yours, and we just exalt your almighty name. We exalt your will. We exalt you, God of all creation, and Lord and Savior, you are Lord. We forgive if we have ought towards anyone, and we resist the devil. We submit to you, God, and we resist the devil, and he has to flee from us. In the almighty name of Jesus, we also bind the hand of the adversary every attempt at distraction, delusion, um, and diversion of the minds of God's people. In the almighty name of Jesus, we are clear-minded, and we are steadfast in the word of the Lord. In Jesus' almighty name we pray, amen.
1: And amen.
0: All right. All right. So we are talking about the target of warfare. This is still in our intro to spiritual warfare section of the God's Warriors basic training series. And we've been talking about exactly that. Who is the target or what is the target of our spiritual warfare? We've already disclosed and covered at multiple angles that it's not people, but it's principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, and it's not the Godhead either. So we're going to look at some scriptures today um, just to highlight and continue on our our um, study and understanding of the The point that we have the right to command the wicked forces operating through humans, but not the humans themselves. And again, we're talking about basic components of spiritual warfare, not managing your household or managing the places that you have spiritual authority to um, dictate what happens in that atmosphere. So this applies there, but it's not exclusive to there. So like, for example, if you're a parent, you have the right to tell your children what to do. As long as they're minors and living in your household, you have the right to tell them what to do and to expect it to be done by the human. Um, but we're, we're talking about addressing the, the wicked forces that comes under another mm-hmm. category of authority that we have in the name of Jesus. So my love, did you have anything you wanted to say to start us off before we get into these scriptures?
1: No, no let's just get into the scriptures and we'll... I'll say go from there. All right. Awesome. As, as like the glory. Holy Spirit leads, always.
0: Glory to God. Let's look at Luke chapter 4, and then we're going to go through verses 1 through 13, and then we're going to compare it with Mark chapter 8, verses 27 through 33. My darling, would you read that for us, please?
1: Absolutely. So it says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. "...being tempted for forty days by the devil. In those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Mm-hmm. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world... In a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you, and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him, until an opportune time.
0: Amen. Now let's take a look at. Um, hold your places there, because we're going to flip back and forth between these scriptures. Let's go to Mark chapter eight, verses twenty-seven through
1: thirty-three. All right. It says, "Now Jesus and his disciples went out to the towns of Caesarea Philippi, and uh, the road he asked his and on the road, excuse me, he asked his disciples, saying to them." Who do men say that I am? So they answered, John the Baptist, but some say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said to him, You are the Christ. Then he strictly warned them that they should tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed after 3 day and after 3 days rise again he spoke this word openly then peter took him aside and began to rebuke him but when he had turned around and looked at his disciples he rebuked peter saying get behind me satan for you are not mindful of the things of god but the things of men
0: okay thank you my love
1: You're welcome, honey, honey.
0: All righty. In Luke chapter 4, we see the Messiah, the Lord, as a man filled with the Holy Spirit
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and God. But this particular sense, he was as a man, the fasting 40 days and 40 nights is about testing his human flesh. God doesn't eat. He doesn't sleep, right? He does none of those things. So that wasn't about him being God. That was about him as a man dealing with Wicked spirits, mm-hmm. right? Dealing with Satan, the adversary, one to one, if you will. Um, there was no additional human involved. the The wicked spirit came openly to test or tempt or tempt to tempt Jesus, mm-hmm. attempt to tempt Jesus, <laughs> and we see how he addressed it, right? And then when we look at Mark chapter eight, we see something different. We see him talking to humans teaching and um, doing the ministry that God called him to do and addressing the spirit operating behind a human that was in an attempt from the adversary to sway Jesus off his course. When we left off in verse 13 of Luke chapter four, something very interesting is stated there. And it says, now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an Opportune time. Mm-hmm. So to a time that Jesus wasn't paying attention, or or the adversary thought Jesus wasn't paying attention. Absolutely. He thought that Jesus was vulnerable, vulnerable, and would be able to catch him off guard and slide in some deviation to the plan of God. Now, because our Lord and Savior is was filled with the Holy Spirit and walked in obedience to the Lord and was listening to the Holy Spirit, he caught this slight little insertion that on the surface would seem like it's um, devotion and love from Peter going, no, Lord, (laughs) let it not be so, you know, um, telling him and trying to chastise him and sway him away from getting on the cross. And Jesus recognized what it was instantly, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: not the man having an issue, but the spirit behind that man's mouth. Now, and Jesus didn't entertain that. Notice how
1: fast it was. It was in one moment, in one breath,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he was clearly speaking from revel- Peter, mm-hmm. speaking through the Holy Spirit, or the revelation Holy Spirit had given him. Mm-hmm. And then the very next breath, he's speaking through clearly influenced by the enemy, the adversary.
0: Amen. So... Something we have to consider is, again, we're talking about commanding the wicked spirits, which you saw Jesus do Mm -hmm. in both cases. But as humans, we have a free will and we have the right and the ability to choose. I'll put it that way. The Lord was able to distinguish between Peter and the spirit speaking behind him. And when it was Holy Spirit speaking and when it was... Um, the adversary speaking through Peter. And like you said, my love, in in two breaths, he was on both sides of the the Uh spectrum, once letting the Holy Spirit minister through him and the other time letting the adversary use him. So as warriors of God, we have to understand that each human has not only the right and the ability to choose God or not, but they have the ability and the right to choose whether or not they will yield to the Spirit of God and remain in that, or they will yield to the devil and remain in that, or if they will flip flop back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, we are not to be double minded. We're to cleanse our hands and purify our hearts and no longer be double minded because it inhibits and hinders our faith. We're supposed to be singular. James tells us that singular in mind and thought and heart and faith towards God, that the promises of God and him are yes. And in him, amen. And let our yes be yes and our no be no. Um, but when we are navigating this realm of spiritual warfare, we have to listen to the Holy Spirit so that he distinguishes to us what is what and what's going on and what's happening. We don't judge by what our eyes see or what our ears hear. We judge by what the Holy Spirit reveals and what the Lord says to us. But understanding that God didn't want to destroy Peter Because Peter got it wrong. And because Peter was clearly yielding his body or his members to the adversary in this arena, God wasn't trying to throw Peter off a cliff now because he got it wrong. And sometimes when we are new in spiritual warfare and we're carnal minded and trying to wield those weapons (laughs) that belong in the spiritual realm, we tend to turn and attack the people and try to get rid of them because we think they're our problem. And if we just get rid of them, Everything will be okay, and that's not right. That's actually carnality. It's sensual and it's demonic to think in that manner in that realm because God is the one who's able to save the soul and the spirit and the body and, and redeem all of them and bring them to the place that he wants them to be. So our job is to navigate and with finesse with accuracy, with confidence and boldness, spiritual warfare. So let's take a look at Romans chapter six, verse 13 and 19, just to highlight that point. So you can see that I'm not making it up. It is here in the word of God, and it is available for our understanding at every moment and every point of this journey that God has for us. So my darling, would you read that to us?
1: Romans six, verse 13, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. And then verse 19 says, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of unright of righteousness. Excuse me, for holiness.
0: Amen. And if you continue reading, that it talks about being a slave to sin, and um, et cetera, et cetera. So, what we gain from that is if we ourselves have once yielded our members for the adversary to use, right? And if you did not live a perfectly sinless life like our Lord and Savior.
1: (laughs) Which no one has.
0: (laughs) Which no one has but him. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Just realize that other people are subject to those things too, especially unbelievers. You cannot expect righteous behavior from unrighteous people and we are only righteous because of the blood of jesus christ not because of our own holiness or piety or self-righteousness we are the righteousness of god in christ jesus so that same mercy that we ourselves have received we need to display that to others but be wise as serpents and harmless as doves god Mm. died for that person no matter who they are that's yielding their flesh to the devil but we are not without help when that's the case. We're not Amen. just subject to the nonsense just because God died for them, but we are to act and behave wisely and circumspectly in the situation. So what did Jesus do concerning Peter? Honey, did you have something you want to say there? Uh,
1: well, yeah, uh, just off of what you were just saying, there's, uh, I'll say, something else to, to consider, right? Because the, it's the love component, mm-hmm. right? Loving the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But also then loving your neighbors yourself. And it doesn't matter if they are wittingly or out of ignorance being in opposition, I'll say to you, but really to the Lord. Amen. While it's directed at you, you're experiencing the brunt of it. Amen. It, It doesn't matter. We still are required to show them the same love the Lord showed us when we were in opposition to them. It comes across by grace and mercy.
0: Amen. Amen. And so... If you are one of those people that look through the scriptures and look for times that people of God operated in their flesh and did something that appeared to be um, outwardly violent towards someone else, um, and you go, see, see, they did it. I can do it, too. I will have to tell you (laughs) that that's... (laughs) That's contrary to what the Lord teaches us. It doesn't mean that you can't defend yourself. It doesn't mean you acquiesce and you get bullied and punched into a corner and that you're a doormat. Jesus was none of those things. Exactly. But he was quite different than Nehemiah who was punching people and snatching them by the hair and throwing them out of places. Yes. He wanted to do the righteous things of God, but he went about it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And if you read that and you read the end of his, his book that he wrote, you know, inspired by the Holy spirit, he asked God to remember the things that he did right because he clearly understood he did some things wrong in the way that he handled people. And, um, there was some mistreatment there, but God loves him and he's merciful, but he wants us to be, More skillful for that than that. That's why the word of God is written. Even David, a lot of the Psalms are like punch him in the eye, God break their teeth, and (laughs) you know do all these things. But if you read carefully, you'll see him say, "Well, examine me and tell me if there's anything unrighteous in me." And God didn't have a separate standard for them, um, Old Testament or for David, than He has for you and I. And He said to love your enemies, and God is more concerned about us keeping our foot on the devil than he is about us trying to wrestle against flesh and blood, wrestling against the people that he is clearly here to reconcile or at least offer the opportunity. And if there needs to be something that happens, God will make sure that you are in the right place at the right time and he'll take care of that. But Mm -hmm. as far as you go, walk in in love and wisdom.
1: Amen. (laughs) Uh, Now, honey, you were just, uh, before I spoke last, talking or going to ask about Peter and how he should have handled the situation. Uh-huh. Well, what have we or the Lord through us taught from the beginning of this series? Bring everything before the Lord. Mm-hmm. The Lord, well, Holy Spirit, right? Had revealed to Peter clearly. That's why Jesus said flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. He's talking about it was revealed through the Holy Spirit that Peter stated who Jesus is and was and mm-hmm. is. He is the Christ, or the Messiah the anointed one. The next thing he should have asked, right? And this is where the, the maturity and the growth part comes from. Ask the Lord mm-hmm. why and what is the purpose of knowing that? Because then Jesus went into, after it was revealed, right? And he says that, um, well, in this version, right? In Mark, he says that Jesus strictly warned them that they should tell no one about him. But then, he tells them or he shares with his disciples the purpose his purpose and why he's here and or what was going to happen to him Mm -hmm. You can go into the fullness of the purpose but understanding or he could have asked the father what the purpose of the messiah was they had a preconceived notion a Mm man-made natural Mm -hmm. perspective and that was that jesus was going to come back as a warrior
0: Kind of like Samson, right? Maybe like and, David, and deliver them, and, and, fight, and physically, fight for them. Exactly,
1: physically fight and rid them of their enemies the and Romans. restore them. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, the Romans at the time, mm-hmm. and and restore them to being in charge of or ruling themselves. But that again is the natural perspective, where throughout the scriptures and and the Old Testament, you see time and time again. Yes, Jesus did come as a warrior, but it was a if you will covert operation and not so covert operation because it was the one the ones that were in tune with the spirit knew Mm -hmm. his purpose, his mission, what Mm -hmm. he was going to accomplish during his time and his his ministry here on earth. So it was not hidden for those that asked the Lord concerning Mm -hmm. it. And that's what he should have done. But not understanding. He made the statement he he did. Don't we're not gonna allow this to happen depending on which um, gospel, you're reading, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to, pre- well, right? well, I'm going to prevent you, Lord, from accomplishing your mission. We'd, we're supposed to be on the same team. Mm-hmm. You should have known. And it, I say that not to condemn Peter. Of course. So not. we can understand. <laughs> I look a lot like
0: Peter in my life. We all, in some I think ways. we all have. I, I can admit that myself, right? <laughs> oh no,
1: no, no, that's not what you're talking about, Lord. No, no, we take the orders from the Lord. He is the Amen. commander of the heavenly hosts, and we are his servants.
0: Amen. So Peter tried to approach Jesus and the ministry that he perceived that Jesus had from tradition. Absolutely. Because this was tradition that was handed down. He wasn't the only person who thought this way. They were waiting for this triumphant, outwardly triumphant ruler. So Jesus dying on the cross was contrary to the mission that Peter thought he was supposed to be on, right? If you're supposed to be beating everybody up and <laughs> casting them out, you can't do that if you're not on the earth, right? Absolutely. But he didn't understand that God was not concerned about the tradition that had been passed down from whoever wherever it started, that this was going to be the way that God came or the purpose that he had. He was on God's mission. So um, I, I appreciate you for bringing that up, honey. And I love that you said that. Now, Now, what did the Lord do concerning Peter. Did he, again, push him off the cliff? Did he bludgeon him? Did he command him to disappear? Did he have the ground open up and swallow him? Did he strike him or smite him? No, no he did none of those things. Instead, he taught him. So there's mm-hmm. a difference between training someone in love and edification to ex- to assist with correcting behavior or alignment that's contrary to the Lord and spiritual warfare.
1: And I love how it's phrased here, um, in verse 33 of Mark, uh, chapter nine, excuse me, chapter eight, he says, it says very plainly, he looked at his disciples and he rebuked Peter saying, get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. So while he's looking at Peter, he wasn't addressing Peter so much as he was addressing the spirit, as you were saying, the spirit that Peter had, well, in a moment chosen to participate with. Mm-hmm. Not so much Peter, but clearly he's looking at him as directed in his direction.
0: But he looked and, at all the and disciples. He, yes, he looked at mm-hmm. all the
1: disciples. But what I'm saying is mm-hmm. Peter clearly took that to heart, yes, as he, he should have, He right. and as we should also.
0: So think about this. The serpent in the garden mm-hmm. was a, an animal that was cooperating with the spirit of the lawless one, the spirit of <laughs> Satan, right? He was co- cooperating with the demonic spirit to yield his members to let the devil talk through him. So Peter was doing the same thing here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Both are created beings, the serpent and Peter, and us humans, anyone, Absolutely. right? But our job, as we read in Romans, is not to be uh, to yield ourselves. So we have to both both watch what we do. As God's warriors, but and then understand what other people may be subject to or influenced by as they are navigating through this choosing ground. You're on your journey, and everybody in the world is not revolving around you, or you know, and they are on their journey and they're doing whatever on their journey that they are and god has not made us to be subject to that to have to deal with it he's given us tools to navigate to navigate it but we have to know what tool to use when
1: and and if you don't know ask that's right ask the holy spirit and let him the lord through the father right then ultimately through the holy spirit is going to reveal to you why things look the way they are why Mm -hmm. it's not in alignment why there's opposition Mm -hmm. and how to handle it
0: that's right which you have tool to ask is, though exactly he will tell you which tool is appropriate for the job so now we're lear- learning foundations and frameworks so now that you're exposed to it holy spirit can give you that information Amen. because it's hard to get information the holy spirit to talk with us when we have no knowledge of it or no framework for it because we will misunderstand everything that he's saying so the lord rebuked Satan, but rebuked Peter, but we was speaking to the Spirit behind uh-huh. it, and then in the following verses in verse 34 and so on, he teaches them. Absolutely. He teaches them about submitting to him <laughs> and surrendering to the plan and the will of the Father. So for us, again, there's a difference between training someone, like Peter, who is yielding their members to the adversary, Right, training them in love and edification to assist with correct behavior or alignment, and how we deal with the adversary. Um, let's look. At- you
1: could actually have a, another a contrast, if you will, with Judas Iscariot. Okay. At the the Last Supper, oh, and mm-hmm. we won't search the scripture right now, just for time. But um, he says, "What you do, do quickly." He didn't rebuke Judas, and it says, "As soon as Judas departed, then Satan entered him." So, so notice the difference. Judas had a choice even in that moment what he was going to do.
0: Mm-hmm. He could have turned off that trail. Exactly. Um, he so- did
1: not get rebuked by the Lord, mm-hmm. it, and and by that I mean, correct. He was not yet operating in that spirit. He was making mm-hmm. a determination. Of his own free will.
0: He was being tempted exactly. at that moment, and then we see him fail that um, fail that test.
1: And it wasn't until he left that then Satan, it says Satan entered him.
0: Which would be more like demoniac Ex- exactly. Satan entering him versus Peter's experience was just being influenced. Exactly. Um, so Peter wasn't occupied by the devil. He was just influenced by. So now let's look at 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17.
1: All right, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, and that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work.
0: Amen. So again, God does not want, I think we talked about this in the previous episode, he does not want those that he is laboring for to be destroyed for the sake of we're angry. We are inconvenienced. We don't like it, or we misunderstand how to operate in proper spiritual warfare. He wants them reproved, edified, corrected, instructed, and taught. That's the the purpose that he sent his word and that he had the scripture prepared for. Now you might be saying, well, in the old Testament, they said stone people. Why did God say that if he wanted them to have mercy Let me tell you this. The penalty of sin is death. God is not obligated to offer grace. He's not obligated to extend forgiveness or a second chance. So the moment that a wayward child takes their life literally into their hands, the penalty of sin is death. Right. The adulterer, the adulteress, whomever it is that were subject to those things are not afforded or guaranteed or, and God is not obligated to offer them a second chance. So keep that in mind. The same thing is in fact, in in fact, in play today, the penalty of sin is death. We have grace from God, but he's not, Required to give it, he does it because he's good and because he is gracious, not because we extracted or we can demand that he be gracious for another time or another circumstance. So, just a little side nugget to put in your pocket so that mm-hmm. you understand the difference and that God has not, in fact, changed, he has not changed, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But we also have to understand the severity of our sins Absolutely. and choose to go another way. Now, uh, let's look at First Timothy chapter 4, verse 13.
1: All right, it says. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine.
0: Okay. So in this scripture, the Apostle Paul was talking to his spiritual son Timothy, whom he was raising up as a member of the body of Christ, but also a leader in the body of Christ. And he was telling him what to set his focus on. It wasn't on bludgeoning people, it wasn't on getting rid of the people and attacking the people, but that he was exhorting and he was studying himself and learning the principles and the strategies and the structures of the things of God and applying it in his life. Amen. So that's our business as well. So just to recap really quickly, (laughs) (laughs) the Lord was not timid in dealing with the wicked spirits. He was not timid in dealing with anything, but he understood the difference between people and wicked spirits, and he had a distinguishing way that he dealt with each one of them. God is not nice, he does not deal in pleasantries because they're false and there's no truth in them. But he does come in truth and with love and correction and just Another note to note about God: You may say, "Well, He was so direct with Peter that seemed kind of harsh." First of all, God is the Judge, and He's the one who's righteous, <laughs> and that's His creation. And second of all, Peter's personality: God knows how to get His attention Amen. and speak to Peter because in Peter, the way that's
1: He needed to be spoken to,
0: exactly to get Peter to align himself with God and open the door for Peter to receive the teaching and instruction and correction that he needed.
1: And let's also recognize this about our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. He did nothing of his own initiative. Everything that he said and or did was what his father said and did, which is why he said, I didn't come to judge, but if I do, Mm -hmm. my judgment is true. It is pure, depending on your translation. (laughs) Right? Why? Because he heard from the father through Holy Spirit. And that's what he said or did.
0: Amen. Amen. Way to bring it all money. Oh, that's all the Lord. I can't (laughs) take credit for that. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, can't add anything else to that right now. So meditate on this word. Listen to these episodes until the word gets down in your heart. Look up the scriptures as we go. And thank you for spending this time with us. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. And we love you. So God bless you. And remember to live your life in the Messiah's love. Want to know more about A Day of Prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on Connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says Subscribe.